NFL Sunday Ticket is now on YouTube and YouTube TV, which means that you can stay close to your team even if you don't live in their town. Like, maybe you're a Raven who married a Seahawk who got a job in the land of the Falcons. With NFL Sunday Ticket, you can watch your team's out-of-market Sunday afternoon games no matter where you live because you shouldn't have to change teams even if you change towns. NFL Sunday Ticket, now on YouTube and YouTube TV. Go to youtube.com slash presale to get $50 off. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends 919. No refund. Subscription auto renews. This is the House of Hockey podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. Hockey is more than a game. It's a lifestyle. It's you, the diehard supportive fans, your favorite players who are on the team you cheer for and the organization who supports them. The companies that make your gear, bags, and beer league sweaters. The hockey moms and hockey dads and everything else that makes this house of hockey your home come on in i'm breezy and i'm ray ray and, and this, this is, is our house. house DraftKings sportsbook is not only my favorite sportsbook but also america's top rated sportsbook speaking of america our top athletes are over in tokyo competing for the gold and DraftKings has a medal worthy offer just for our listeners listen to this great offer place any pre-event wager of one dollar to be eligible to cash one hundred dollars in free credits if america wins any medal this year that's 100 to 1 odds on an american athlete to stand on the podium and receive gold silver or bronze this week 100 to 1 odds on an offer like this doesn't come around often so sign up for DraftKings sportsbook now to get in on all of the action I love using DraftKings Sportsbook, and I know Breezy does too. It is super easy to navigate. It has plenty of instructions for all of you new bettors and nearly limitless ways to get in on all of the action. Even my friends and family have been loving DraftKings Sportsbook, and I know you will too. So download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN. That's THPN for the Hockey Podcast Network. When you sign up to turn $1 into $100, in free credits if America wins a medal, and I know they will. That's code THPN to turn $1 into $100 in free credits for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. And I also don't know for a fact that we will win a medal, but I have a hunch that we probably will. So for legal reasons, I have to say that. Welcome to the House of Hockey podcast. This is episode 73. I am one of your hosts, Breezy. And I'm your other host, Ray Ray, and we have a guest this week. We do. You may or may not know him. I'm assuming you probably will know him. Uh, He's kind of a big deal. Kyle Bukoskis of Sportsnet. He uh, is a uh, ringside reporter for them, as well as he covers Hockey Night in Canada. So all of our Canadian friends, you know him and see him. And he's covered a lot of Stanley Cup finals for Sportsnet and covers a lot of different teams. And we asked him like everything, everything you would want to know from like a very expert, in-depth person who's like super tuned into 
the world of the NHL, we talked about the Montreal Canadiens, what they had that was great and what wasn't for them to get to the Stanley Cup final. The draft, the impending UFA, like what else did we talk about, Breezy? Uh, Tampa, who he thinks, you know, the the best team moving forward as of the exact time that we recorded that was going to be going into next season. Um, some of his favorite moments, some top players that he thinks uh, could be a big good move or a bad move, whatever the case may be there. Oh, and um, he's envious of somebody's thighs. And we'll leave that as a teaser so that you have to listen and figure out which player that is. Yeah. Yeah. So lots to talk about with Kyle coming up here shortly. But before that, there has been a lot of uh, moving pieces in the NHL world. And I got a lot to say about certain things. Go. Go for it. Okay. Well, first of all, Nick Foligno ditched his little brother (laughs) and signed with Boston. All right. So we know that's out of the... Okay. That's fine. But you have two players that are leaving Boston who are going to the Toronto Maple Leafs. And I think the Leafs are like trying to build more of like a rugged edge to them. Uh, So Andre Kasha, Kasha, is that how you say it? Anyway, now I might have to figure that one out. And my arch nemesis, Nick Ritchie. (gasps) What are you going to do? Are you going to quit being a Leafs fan now? No, I'm not going to (laughs) quit. I'm just not, I just, you know, he's probably a player that they need. But just the thought of him like hanging out with Austin Matthews and their style going together and then him like being probably going to be buds with Justin Bieber. I just don't want to see that trio hanging out. I just don't want to see it. But I am also super excited to see our boy Curtis Gabriel get his chance to play uh, for the Leafs as well. So super excited for that, too. But one other final thought, speaking of Boston still. Hmm. Now, it wasn't like an official statement that was put out. It was just like speculations that Ryan Getzloff could potentially have a like could play for Boston. He was available to, you know, be signed anywhere he wanted to. He had a great opportunity to potentially go to Boston if they wanted him. There was just little rumors that I read here and there about that. But he signed again with the Ducks. I get he's being, you know, what do they call that? Uh lost the word i was thinking like safe of. or like dedicated to the team you know team, team guy team guy a team guy but i mean he is a little older they only signed him for one more year is this going to be his last year playing professional hockey probably unless i mean why wouldn't he want to retire as a duck that's crazy you know that's true he's been there with them for how long and you know i don't see why not unless maybe they couldn't get the money in Boston that he wanted. I mean, he could, he could still play. He's still got it, you know? Yeah. Yeah, he does. I'm just, I don't know. And then this whole Corey Perry thing. <laughs> See, just, I love this Corey Perry trade. He's just, I mean, yeah, it's great, but I just think it's funny how he's just going. He's just, you know, skipping rocks, trying to get to where he wants to go, which is cool. Which, I think is, he enjoyed which his, is a Stanley cup. Yeah. Which I think uh, he enjoyed his time in Tampa a little bit too much playing uh, playing for the cup that he was probably just like, yeah, well, I'll just sign here because they've got good potential. They could do a three-peat. Who knows? Hey, so yeah, why not? That income tax is pretty nice uh, down in yeah. Florida compared to Montreal. 
Yeah, so there's been a lot going on. Uh, I love that the- Corey Perry is going to Tampa. I can't wait to see him play there. I think it's hilarious. Like, I just, I was like, yes, I love this move. Like, I want to see him with Patty Maroon. Like, the oh, whole- yeah, ex-teammates, they're for sure going to, like, kick it off. I mean. I know. Like, I know. Uh, okay, who else? Like- what else has got your goat? Uh, I mean, nothing really else I think has gotten my goat. I I was like, there's been so many moves I going know. around, and I'm just sitting here like, what is even happening? I'm looking through the uh, the list right now. You but look, and I'll go because I've got a a hot a hot hot take. Why would Dougie Hamilton, the number one <laughs> sought after UFA, sign a seven year deal to play for the second to worst team in the league, the New Jersey Devils? They want he wants to play with the brothers. The Hughes brothers? <laughs> Maybe. That actually kind of sounds cool. The Hughes no! brothers. No. <laughs> no. That's not a reason to sign no. in Jersey. Honestly, I have no idea. That makes no sense to me. Well, maybe he's may, he's probably going to potentially be the face of the franchise. Maybe he just wanted to be more of a, you know, a, a front runner there, I guess. No. I don't, I don't know. No. He went where he could get a long-term deal with more money. That's my opinion, which is fine. Get your money, baby. But like you're playing for the New Jersey Devils who in the next seven years will not be a playoff contending team. In my opinion, prove me wrong. Prove me wrong. Shots fired. You're, you know, you're shooting shots quite a lot lately. And you know what? I love it. I love it. (laughs) Cause you know what? Why not? Oh, here's something I love though. Um, that one left me as a head scratcher. Wait, I have two more head scratch. One more head scratcher. Okay. Bla- Blake Coleman. Yeah. That's Why are you going to Calgary for six years? Again, is this another case of you've got your cups, you want your long-term deal with a payout that you think you're going to deserve right here and now because you don't know what the future is going to hold? I get it. I mean, that was like the biggest trend I, I, I saw aside from the handful of like the one, the one year deals, you know, that we, we always get like with Reeves, Reeves is going to be a New York Ranger. What? That's so crazy to me. Isn't that crazy? It is crazy. I, this whole thing is just so like jumbled up. It's going to take forever for me to like, really remember like, who's on this. what team. Not to mention Jack Eichel came out with this huge statement, right, about everything going on. And I mean, New York, the the Rangers are a you know a front runner team for him to go to. I mean, he's so if anything, I, who's going to want to pick up Eichel at this point? It's like, I mean, somebody yeah, will, but still. But I mean, Vegas is on the list. Vegas. Why is Vegas on everybody's freaking list? How are they? How how can they always like be like a potential for someone to go to? I it don't makes know. no sense to me. And I'm like, he's probably going to want to go to Vegas, but then I guess you can go to Boston because that would be awesome too. But then why would you go to Calgary and why would you do this? And it's like, <laughs> there, he's probably going to go to Vegas. I'm just going to say, he's probably going to go to Vegas because Vegas can just... Well, now they have the room. 
and, and Tuck is going to be out for um, some surgery. I think I just yeah. read they don't have Mark Andre Fleury. You know, they're running into the salary cap issue with yeah. what happened with with the way they approached their entry draft. You yeah. know, now this is becoming an issue. So Vegas fans, my heart goes out to you because I know how tough that is. I am still just so surprised that Reeves left Vegas. Like that just seems so shocking to me. Um, but I'm guessing it had something to do with finances, um, not being able to pay him what he wanted or something like that. The team I'm so excited to watch and people are going to be so mad that I'm going to say this (laughs) because they're one of the hated teams in the league, the Philadelphia Flyers. They're making moves. They made all the moves. They got, listen to these names, Martin Jones, Cam Atkinson, Keith Yandel, Keith freaking Yandel and Kevin Hayes are going to be playing together. The chirping Kings of the NHL, mic them up at, uh, oh, sorry, ESPN or Turner sports, mic (laughs) those two up, mic them up, Nate Thompson, Rasmus Ristolainen and Ryan Ellis. Like, are you serious? And gritty. Oh my God. Like what? What? I, I, I have to say Martin Jones, he's not the answer for them. I'm going to say that. Okay. Martin Jones was, was really hot with the Kings. He got obviously traded because he was training under quickie. He got traded to the sharks. He did really well for a couple of years. And then he just went head first into a freaking garbage can. The, the dude couldn't even save a basketball if he wanted to. <laughs> oh boy. That's a, that's a hot take. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I mean, I it like was it. true. No, it was true. It was like Gibson at the friggin' all-star game where he just literally let everything in for no reason. (laughs) Oh Um, man. But either way, I'm super pumped to see how that all actually works together on the ice. I I think they're really trying to make a run for playoffs. It it would look like it because a lot of those contracts weren't long-term deals either. So yeah. And I'm here for it. They had a pretty tough couple of seasons. So Yeah. And Seattle's made some pretty big moves. They What do you think of the Grubauer looking, trade? Getting Grubauer. I think, I think it was I think it's I thought it was good. A, yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you can pull that off, you can I mean, yeah, I would take it for sure. I think someone did like a mock uh, you know, line run for them. And just like their depth from line, you know, one to four, it looked pretty solid and their defense looks pretty solid too. So, and obviously their goaltending is going to be great. So I'm really excited to watch uh, the Kraken play. I think that's, I've made that pretty well known from the, uh, from the get go. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also the Kings signed Phil Deneau. That's a good one. That's, that's a, good, a move. good one. That's a good and, move. And Alex Edler. So, I think that both of those are going to be really good. I think Phil's going to do a lot of work with Kopi, and I think it's going to, I don't know. I think it's going to be really, really good. I know he wasn't a big goal scorer, but I think it also is going to come down to just your line mates. And although he had great line mates um, up in Montreal, but it was more of like everybody else was a better scorer than him. So I think he was good at passing to the better scores. But if you have passers on the Kings, which we all know, Kings love to pass the puck. They don't like to shoot to save their lives. If they're feeding him, I mean, he could, what if he just turns out to be this massive, you know, goal scorer? 
Let's hope, let's hope we see that on the ice. Like that's what I always want, you know? Yeah. It's exciting to see. And we think they're going to be, you know, incredible, but it's got to all come together in the, in the locker room and, and with the coaching. Yeah. I think it's going to be good. I think it was a good, uh, I think it was a good move though. I do too. I do too. I don't think anything else was like super, oh I feel like I shouldn't talk bad about a former Chicago Blackhawks Stanley Cup champion, Brandon Saad, but um, he signed, what, a five-year deal with the Blues? And I was like, that's that's where, that's the perfect place for you. Like, that's the perfect place for him. Yeah. I think. That's, yeah. that's, that's all I have to say about that. <laughs> I, there's just so I many I don't players. think we were recording when I told you that, did I? No, we last weren't week. recording. I, yeah, told, I said recording. the the Kings do not need Brandon Saad. <laughs> that is, do not take that deal. She like, was like yelling at me. She's like, that is a waste of your money. And I was like, I mean, it's not my pocket. You want me to call Rob Blake right now? And just be like, Hey Rob, don't do this. Like <laughs> I did. Um, I did. Um, but that's, that's what I have to say about that. What else? Yeah. Is there anything else? I just think that there are so many teams that are like, so hungry I mean every team's obviously hungry for the cup right but I think that their eyes are just so big right now and they're just like give me everyone who's playing good right now and I will sign them and pay them whatever they want Mm -hmm. some of these players are getting a ridiculous amount of money like way more than what they're worth and And the the long-term contracts like these seven year six seven eight year deals I mean my theory with that is I think they're hoping that in the coming years, the salary cap will go up. Yes. Because when's the next time they negotiate the, um, the deal the, the, with the uh, NHLPA? I'm not sure, to be honest. There was one person in particular that I was trying to see if they had signed yet. Because it was just like, are you freaking serious? I don't think you signed. I'm I'm going through the list right now. Okay, the CBA that they agreed to was a four year extension in 2020. So these guys who are signing these seven year deals and getting paid top dollar, I think the hope is that in so what now three years when they go back to the negotiating table, they'll be able to increase the salary cap, therefore be able to accommodate these guys on these longer contracts and be able to pay new players and younger players. That's my theory. Uh, that might be a little too logical and like too realistic seeming, but I can't understand it any any other way. If if the salary cap stays the way it is for the next four years, right? Teams are screwed. You can't have guys like that. Like it doesn't work because it just it doesn't work. No, <laughs> you need all the no. play. You need all the players, and it's. And I'm sure the league is only going to continue to change with the next draft classes and shift. So it's like, this is it's just changing so fast that I don't know. I don't know how the teams are going to make those, those contracts work. I, yeah, I'm not sure either. Uh, especially. Yeah. I honestly have no idea, but they need to probably figure something out. But the right. person I was talking about who I still can't find it. <laughs> Mike Hoffman wants over like upward of like $5 million a year. Like I think who I even is Mike Hoffman. 
Well, Mike Hoffman, Hoffman's kind of notorious for something with an ex-teammate. Uh, their wives had uh, some issues. Okay, so um, for off ice, we, we know who he is. But do we know who he is on ice? No, because he just... Right. I mean, don't get me wrong. He did pretty well. He was with the Blues. He played pretty well with the Blues, right? Uh, I, <laughs> I was sitting there and I'm like, what? And I saw someone they wrote, they were like, if someone signs him for what he wants, I'm literally deleting Twitter. It's <laughs> like, well, I mean, that's really going to show him, but. He doesn't have a Stanley Cup with the Blues, though. No, no. He went after, I believe. I'm not, I Maybe. don't know. I'd have to, I'm trying to look. I, like I don't know. Either I really, way. I'm just sitting there thinking, I'm like, okay, okay. I'm going to go into my boss's office and I'm going to tell him that I want upward of $100 an hour <laughs> and see what I can get. Because, I mean, I might as well just try because everyone else is just, you know, grabbing straws at this point. Exactly. Could you imagine, you know, when you apply for jobs like online, yeah. they say like, what's your minimum salary requirement? I'm always like, <laughs> what am I supposed to put for this? Like, I don't right. even, let's just put like $100 million and see right. if, if you even like see that i wrote that right so yeah stupid I, it is stupid because it's like no like i mean first of all you're not supposed to put like what your desired pay is in the first place right. so it's like no one's really going to answer that truthfully and if they do kind of dumb yes yeah. <laughs> i don't know i just feel like they just shouldn't even ask that question because it's like uh, i don't know i i agree um, i think um Mike Hoffman's uh, fishing in the wrong pond with that, but hey, you'll probably get it though. You'll probably get it. We'll just see who uh, who the sucker is. But uh, did you see your boy Tom Wilson got engaged? I did. <laughs> did you see the meme that's going around? And some dude goes like, "So did she know it was coming, or did she blindside her?" <laughs> oh my god! I laughed so hard when I saw that. Oh, that was man. so good. I did that see that. That was so funny. I did see that Tommy got engaged. And then a couple of my other hunks from that episode where we where we played The Bachelorette. Yeah. Um got traded. One of the guys from the Red Wings and somebody else. I can't remember. But I was like, oh I know who they oh that yeah. was one of my They were on my show. <laughs> yeah. I dated them on the on the House of Hockey Bachelor style. <laughs> I dated them for a quick moment. I did, I did. We until I a... booted them for playing mini golf, <laughs> not the way I wanted them to play. Oh my god! Oh, oh too funny. If you too don't good. know what we're talking about, you're gonna have to go back uh, quite a few episodes, but you can listen. It was a, uh, it was over the holiday, Christmas holiday. I think we did that. Yeah, we had our uh, good friend Jordy host it for mm -hmm. us. Uh, he's a uh, host King. here on the uh, the King's Den podcast for the Hockey Podcast Network. So exactly, yeah. If you're not checking out Jordy, you should go check out Jordy because the guy's <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> uh, my name is Kyle Bukoskis. I'm a host and reporter for Rogers Sportsnet and Hockey Night in Canada. I grew up out on the west coast of Canada, but uh, currently live in Ottawa, Ontario. And. Let's get your initial reactions to the Seattle Krakens team as of July 27th, the members that are on the roster. Uh, what do you think of their draft choices? 
Well, they stuck true to what, you know, Ron Francis set out uh, as his mandate from the jump, right? I mean, they had the green light from ownership to spend to the cap right away if uh, he chose to do so. And there was some, you know, interesting decisions to make around the expansion draft, right? You know, Carey Price among them. Um, But he didn't go down that road, right? Like he took a lot of uh, players that uh, were either on, you know, short-term deals or uh, certainly came in at a much lower AAV that, He'll try to build his roster around or, or maybe use as, as trade chips uh, down the line. We already saw Curtis McDermott was already traded earlier today, and there was the great picture that they sent out there of his in his King's garb with the Kraken logo superimposed on front saying, thanks for your time. Uh, so they, they've got a good uh, a marketing group, a good social media group, clearly. And that was, uh, you know, a big part of what, uh, you know, drew a lot of people to Vegas when they first came in, right? Uh, a lot of that stuff they, they knocked out of the park. And certainly Seattle is, has built a, a team to, to do much that uh, beyond uh, beyond ice product. But um, I, I think they're putting themselves in a good spot. I, I like their defense. I, I like who they've got in goal. I mean, it was tough here in, in Ottawa for Senators fans seeing Joey Decord go. I mean, they all felt that, uh, you know, he had some promise and for him to, to be, you know, their in theory, unless things change over the summer, their first call up uh, as a as a net minder. I think you're you're already in pretty good shape there. And we'll see how they go about uh, adjusting or um, uh, go about uh, addressing their forward group and and how they get their offense going moving forward. But uh, I mean, it's it's the pressure's on right because of what Vegas did a few years ago. But uh, I, I liked how they, they went about uh, picking the roster initially. I love their jerseys. And I can't wait to see that uh, new arena in Seattle once it's all finished. And me being the West Coast guy, I mean, we went down to Seattle um, as kids growing up. We go to ball games, right? Whenever the Blue Jays came in to play the Mariners, and so it's a beautiful city. Uh, they did a great job showing it off uh, the last few weeks here, and and so man, it's it's really really neat that there's going to be an NHL team there very soon. A lot yeah, it's of the... be super exciting. Go ahead, Breezy. I'll just say it's going to be super exciting, but is there a player that you might have thought that they should have maybe picked over somebody or who do you think should potentially be brought into the team that could aid the players that are currently on the roster? Well, it's, it's a good question. I, I thought, you know, it was, it was a, a nice move by them to bring in somebody like uh, Adam Larson to, to sign him to a contract. The fact that they brought in, you know, Mark Giordano from, from Calgary. I mean, there's, there is a leadership guy, you know, a great person that that's going to do some wonderful things in in that city for as as long as he's there. I know he's on the back nine of his career now, but um, certainly, though the Flames did struggle this season, it was not because of of their captain, right? He's still got, I think, a, a lot of life in in his his legs and his game still yet. So I really like that. I mean, the, as as we you know, the clock gets closer to. Well, I'm so used to saying July 1st, but July 28th now uh, at noon Eastern, and then the free agency window opens. Um, it'll be interesting to see, as I say, like, I, I like their defense. I just, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they go out and, and try to look for some, some options that maybe provide a little more scoring for them. Um, who those names end up being, I'm, I'm not too sure yet, Breezy, but, uh, I think they they put themselves in a good spot again, because they're not anywhere close to the, the ceiling of the salary cap. They've got a lot of flexibility and, and the world we live in right now, salary cap is cap space is king. And uh, Ron Francis has an abundance of it here still. Yeah. Before we get into some of the UFA uh, talk, I know a lot of hockey fans from, you know, just conversations online uh, with a lot of the fans and the general sort of consensus I was seeing with in regards to Seattle was that they were shocked. Fans were shocked that they didn't take big names like 
a carry price. Like when you have this stellar goaltender available, um, what can, kind of insight can you offer in regards to maybe some of that insight? I know you aren't Ron Francis, so you can't mm. tell us exactly what he's thinking, um, but maybe you can provide some um, further insight into those choices. I think, again, it was just giving them flexibility, right? I mean, you know, Carey Price was one of them. You had Matt Duchesne and, and Ryan Johansson. You know, those are three players right there that, you know, come with big AAVs, but also with, with quite a bit of term, too. So if you go in and pick those players up, um, you know, you're, you're hitching your wagon to, to some players that you may have a tough time um, moving somewhere down the line when, when you want to decide to flip them again, if you end up going that route. So, um, you know, no question. Certainly the Carey Price one was one that um, it was clear that Ron Francis gave a lot of thought and that it certainly brought a lot of intrigue leading up to Wednesday morning once all the names started to leak out about who they were selecting. Uh, but I think, again, he made it the mandate from the beginning that he was going to make sure he optimized the cap space and, and didn't put himself into a jam right from the jump. And uh, though he... I'm sure was tempted at times to maybe take some of those bigger fish out there. Um, you know, some of those aging players on, you know, big bloated contracts with a lot of term left. I think he just felt, you know, we're, we're best to steer clear of that. And, and so good on him for, for sticking to his, his guns and, um, you know, being, being patient and, uh, you know, just, just being able to, to say no, right. Like it's like that, that snack in the cover that, you know, you shouldn't have. And uh, for myself, I know I, I have a tough time saying no to that. Um, so good on him <laughs> for, for saying no. That's funny. And it's obvious that they've, you know, stacked up their D lines quite a bit. So do you think that they may be taking the approach of maybe like a blues or a lightning team that have recently won the cup with such strong defense? Yeah, like it's it's such a copycat league, right? Mm -hmm. Like we've heard that for for a long time. So I just think it's, um, you know, that Tampa team this year, like, Man, girls, it was like that was one of the <laughs> no. the, the best teams I've I've seen in, in a long, long time. Like they just there was no weaknesses there, mm -hmm. and I think we we learned how good of a team you know someone like the New York Islanders were. The fact that they took them within a, a shorthanded goal in Game Seven of actually beating them, um, because man, it, it, the Lightning were were far head and shoulders above the the rest of the league, and it was clear by by the end of it. So um, I, I I wouldn't be surprised in that because you you look at um, both of those teams, um, I mean, really like those, those Pittsburgh teams, particularly in 17, when they had so many injuries on their blue line and they still were able to win. I mean, they were, they were the outlier, but, um, really and over the course of, um, you know, the, the 2010s and, and now into the, the 2020s, like that, that seems to be the mandate, you know, a, a big, heavy blue line, but, but now, you know, you're finding, big heavy defensemen that can also skate, right? Like I know, you know, Victor Hedman is obviously the, the superstar and, and one of the best to, to do it at, at, uh, at that level. But um, you're seeing more and more, like even just going through the, the draft this past weekend, like how many six foot four, six foot six yeah. defensemen or power forwards were, were taken, you know, Tyler Boucher here in Ottawa was a guy that was taken 10th overall that um, were not many players lists, but the senators were certainly high on him because he's got, those Tom Wilson like qualities that he can skate, he can stick handle, he can finish around the net. And so we've moved away from that era of just because you're big, you're going to get an opportunity. Now you're finding guys that are big and can also move. And so Tampa, certainly they had that mobile defense, uh, whether it was Hedman or McDonough or, 
Mikhail Sergachev, and then you've just got some really nice complimentary guys uh, along with that. Um, and, you know, somebody like Jamie Oleksiak, who, who signed for, for a pretty penny, who at one time a couple of years ago was a healthy scratch at times in, in Dallas and is now um, earning a contract that's paying him over $5 million per year. Um, part of that's on him and, and how he's improved his game over the last little while, but, but also just uh, how that type of player is, is valued. And, and no question Seattle seeing that. It's crazy how like the as like the decades or the years come on, how like you would go for like the smaller guys who had the skill and the speed to now like the bigger guys. And it just kind of blows your mind on how like it kind of switches back and forth from that. <laughs> right. And certainly like the, the small guys with skill are, are, are no question still attractive. But again, you know, let's go back to, to Tampa as an example. Like Braden Point is a smaller guy. He's got a lot of skill. Uh, he's not necessarily going to intimidate you, but I would absolutely put him in the category of guys that are tough to play against because whether it's him or Andre Palat or Yanni Gord or Blake Goldman, I go down the list from there, they are relentless, right? Like they do not give you a shift off when you're playing against them. And that really clearly comes through come playoff time over those two months there. And, and that's where the beauty of their games really shine. And so that's that's what teams ultimately covet. And, and now we're seeing more and more examples of, of teams going, I, I've got to find, you know, those types of, of players in, in, in our organization. We've got to bring them in however you do it, draft, free agency, try to swing a trade for them. But, um, you know, as, as Mark Bergman likes to say, those types of players don't grow on trees. So uh, it's they're, they're hard to find. And when you do get them, you, you don't like to let them go. Yeah. Speaking of being let go, we've got to talk um... – unrestricted free agency. <laughs> I know this is going to be coming out after. Uh, so a lot of news will have happened, but I would mm. like to know from you, who are the top three most valuable UFAs that you think are available right now? Oh, I know, I know that's, that's a, like a broad question, right? Yeah, so you've got like comes... defense and, you know, and, and goaltenders and things like that. But um, like who could really do some like who who would you maybe like to see somewhere added into Ottawa or you know like something along those lines if it's too broad of a question yeah no I I think certainly here in in Ottawa I mean uh my understanding is their their big priority right now is is to find a, a defenseman uh now whether that's a left shot or a right shot my guess would be right side but uh we'll see uh, I think that's their priority right now. I think they would also like to add a center that you know could fit somewhere in their their top six, or or at least as as an option there as as the uh, the off season progresses. But um, as we sit here right now, it, it sounds like a defenseman is is their number one priority um, around the league. I think as far as the guy who you know may may get the biggest payday, uh, you know I wonder about a guy like Dougie Hamilton, right, who went to to Carolina and and put up some some wonderful numbers there on on a very vastly improved hurricanes team and you know I, it doesn't sound like they're going to be able to to make something to happen there as we know the the owner there tom dundon has his his uh, the way he looks at life right and in terms of what people are worth and um he he won't budge from that and so you know for for him i i, I hope he does find somewhere where he can he can cash in and and take advantage of um, you know, the, the leverage that he's built up here over the last couple of seasons. Where that ultimately is, though, I have no idea. Now, as, as you say, when this comes out, maybe we will have the answer to that. But um, at this point, it's just uh, it's too hard to tell. I mean, you look at a guy like Seth Jones who gets uh, nine and a half uh, million in, in Chicago. Will he get 
to that number? I don't think so. Um, but certainly in, in the category of, of eight, it wouldn't surprise me at all over a, a longer term um, just because of, of what he's put up. And, you know, he goes, drafts it in Boston, doesn't quite work out there, traded to Calgary, has some moments, doesn't quite work out there, and then goes to a market where the scrutiny isn't as high. He's just able to to play his game and, and isn't raked over the coals every time he's he's made a, made a mistake and there isn't the same spotlight on it. And uh, what do you know? His game takes off, right? So, uh, you know, hopefully he finds whatever, wherever he ends up landing is, is a spot that, uh, that allows him to, to continue to do that. But yeah, in terms of um, who could be commanding the most money here once uh, UFA hits, so that's, that's a name that comes to, to mind for me. And then we've like um, the Avalanche have so many um, UFAs up available and that team seems to be coming apart. Um, what do you think that is going to look like for the Avs moving into the next season? Like, are they starting a potential, I hate the word rebuild, but like, are they starting that? Are they going to try to keep some of these guys? Like, wh- what do you think's going on there? Yeah, I, I don't think we're anywhere close to, to using the, the rebuild word, Ray, but um, we'll see. Like, it was a, a very good team that um, just ran into some uh, ran into some some tough times in that Vegas series, and they didn't have an answer for it. So another off season of a, a bit of soul searching for a team that's been on the rise, but again, it's stuck trying to get out of the the second round mode still. So um, I would, say, I mean, obviously the big ones, Gabriel Landeskog, right, the captain, where um, it seemed like it was off the rails a week ago, but um, you know, just in following guys like Elliot Friedman, you know, maybe there's there's a solution to be had there, and a contract still to be signed. Um, with the team that that drafted him back in in 2011, and then of course I think the other big one would be Philip Grubauer in, in net if they're able to to make something work. Um, you know they've got they just signed Kale McCarr to to right. nine million, right? So so that's a big chunk. Um, but I will say like the, the one thing that we've learned about Joe Sackick as a general manager, like he's he's patient, right? Like mm-hmm. I remember that Matt Duchesne saga because it ended up him you know being traded here to to Ottawa. But, you know, it was a while that it was known that Matt Duchesne wanted out and Joe Sackick made it clear that, okay, I will make the trade happen, but it's going to be on my terms, not yours. Right. So um, he's not afraid to, to take his time to, to find the, the right type of deal when it comes to trades. And, and I think, you know, we're seeing that it it's holds true for uh, his in-house players and, and getting new contracts done. So even though things may not be happening as quickly as abs fans would like, I'm not quite at the point yet where I'm, I'm a little worried about them. I think they've, they've established a, a pretty good group there, a good culture. And then how Joe Sackin likes to go about his business and um, they've still got Rantanen. They've still got McKinnon. As I say, they just locked up Kale McCarr. Um, I mean, it was a good role guy like Ryan Graves goes, but um, you still got a lot of good players there that should absolutely leave you believe. And if they can tidy up the rest of the, the business that's uh, on the docket here over the course of the offseason, that uh, absolutely should be a team considered uh, to be back in the playoffs next spring. And then speaking of weird kind of trades going on, uh, Flurry was just traded to the Blackhawks today. And there's that itself is a conversation to be had, but we want to ask you too, because this isn't the first trade that's gone down where the organization hasn't really communicated that with their player. I mean, what are your thoughts on that? It's it's tough. It's a tough look, right? Because yeah. if you've got somebody like Mark Andre Fleury, who's beloved across the league, like forget mm-hmm. just Vegas, where he is a megastar, um, he's loved league wide. This is the guy who yeah. he just won you a Vesna Trophy, and between him and Leonard, they won the Jennings this year. Uh, so like thirty you know, days ago. 
Right, Crazy. right. Like it just happened. Yeah, like like they they just finished, uh, you know, tacking in his his name onto the uh, onto the award. So, um, like it's 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 amazing to me how how that, I know we live in a world now where information can get out uh, so quickly and and so easily. Um, but I think there's there's got to be some mechanism in place where a player, certainly of Marc Andre Fleury's caliber is is notified before it it goes public because it's it's a bad look uh, optically on the outside and i, I mean I, I can only imagine being a player in that dressing room seeing you know one of your now ex-teammates who um you love dearly being treated that way on on his way out i mean you know clearly it was a, a tough day for the organization to to move on from somebody like that but um they see robin leonard as their their number one guy going forward and then that's that's why they made the trade. So I, I didn't like it when I heard that's how it, it came out. I mean, it's easy for, for me to say that. Um, I, I just, there's, there has to be a way where uh, within that, that organization that things can, can, you know, the lid can keep on news like that and until the, the player is, is notified. And, and then, you know, the, the rest of us find out uh, after the fact, because I think he's, he's built up you know, too much of, um, uh, of a resume of, of respect across the league and, and within that organization to, to have that happen. It was too bad. I know. I don't think we're going to hear that. I don't think that's the end of the news with Flurry uh, from what no. I've been with reading. Alan Walsh is his agent? No, yeah, exactly. no. I'm sure there'll be more to come out. Exactly. And Alan that's... Walsh is a very nice man. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and that's the other, that's the other aspect is like, you know, people, sometimes fans forget that it's not, you know, necessarily the player and that it can be um, things that the agent is is doing or not doing on on the behind the closed doors that we don't know about. So, well, I guess we can leave it at that sure. <laughs> since his agent is such a nice guy. <laughs> we will just put a pin in that there. But I mean, I'm a <laughs> so I'm a Blackhawks fan. I'm originally from okay. Chicago. So, you know, everyone's like, that's awesome for and I'm like, guys, I we got to pump the tires. I don't know if this is going to be a permanent situation here. You know, <laughs> right. That's just... the other aspect, too. Right. Like, we, we don't know if he's going to retire or not. And I think he yeah. put out a, a statement tonight that, that didn't address any of that uh, at this time. Uh, so we'll, we'll wait and see. I mean, right. if, if he does choose to play, you've got, uh, you know, Seth Jones playing in front of you and, you know, hopefully a, a, a captain and Jonathan Taves who's ready to return and, and play again. It looks like he's on that trajectory. So, yeah. I mean, you know, we'll, we'll see. Maybe it won't be so bad if he ultimately chooses to, to report to Chicago. It might be kind of neat. That's true. I mean, I'm sure, I mean, Chicago fans would embrace him uh, with, with open arms. I, I know that. So, you know, I just right. feel like he has more gas in his tank. Like, I don't know if he's ready to throw in the towel yet. I, I'm with you. And like, certainly just from watching his play, I, I would say that as well. I don't know him well enough personally to have a sense of, of where he's at uh, in terms of how much longer he wants to play. But uh, yeah, when it comes to what he's capable of on the ice, there's nothing to suggest he's, he's running out of steam. I'm with you. We'll see what happens. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I know it's a little... It's a little too probably soon to say anything with, uh, you know, the fiasco that's going to be happening tomorrow. And again, this is being pre-recorded. Um, but so far, I guess, with the current roster situation as of today, who do you think has the most potential going into next season? Or who do you think, uh, you know, could potentially have a good season coming up with some moves that they could be making over the next couple of weeks? 
<laughs> that's that's a, a dangerous question to be asking now, right? Like it's like <laughs> like it's it, how how do you know for for sure until you exactly you start you start playing games and and that's it's that's why I mean it's it's fun to do the the predictions at the start of the season, right. but like nobody really knows. Um, yeah. I mean, so long right. as like I know, on paper, on paper. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I I I mean, so long as um, you know, Tampa is still. Uh, carrying around the the players that they they have with John Cooper at the helm there, like I, I still got to consider them to be um, in the mix. I know they're they've already lost some some guys and, and will likely lose uh, maybe one or two more here over the off season as they won't have the same um, LTIR benefits. Uh, at least it's not likely, anyways, that that they had this year. Um, so uh, that that'll be an adjustment for them. But you know, in terms of, of who's left there, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they're, they're back in the, the mix and um, a goaltender that that's capable of, of carrying them and is absolutely money uh, when, when everything's on the line and a chance to, to close another team out. So that would be one there. And then from the West, I, ah, let's see here. It's, that's, that's a good question. I, um, I mean, the, I'm not sure if there's anyone in the Pacific right now that that's screaming at me as, as someone that, that's knocking on the door. Um, again, we, we talked about Colorado. I, I, until they get through that second round, it's kind of one of those um, wait and see type thing before you're, you're all in on them. Um, but the, the potential is absolutely there. Um, I, I, you know, I, I still like, I spent quite a bit of time around uh, Boston a couple of years ago when they went uh, had a couple of lengthy playoff runs and um, you know, so long as, as that core is still there, I know Char is not there anymore and neither is Tory Krug, but um, I, I don't count, count them out. Um, but I think, you know, Tampa for me, and maybe it's just um, the, uh, the idea of, of, of what have you done for me lately? But um, right now, like there's, there hasn't been anything yet that suggests that, you know, this team is, is right now head and shoulders above, above Tampa. And again, understanding that they've lost some guys over the last little bit. Um, there's still a team for, for me that they finally got over that hump of, of winning it. And, and now they've got the, the feeling that they, they know how to do it again. Yeah. We can't leave out uh, Montreal Canadians out of this conversation because I think they were such an underdog uh, team at least to the fans who are not Montreal Canadiens fans all season long to see them end up in the in the final and they played I thought and I've said this here that I thought they played pretty well against Tampa and that a lot of the if you if you're looking at the paper numbers you would say no way but if you were watching the games you would say well no they were fairly well matched you know Tampa had some really good goals and the Canadians did not. Um, what do you think they did really well, and and will they be able to improve next season? Well, I yeah. say Montreal, and I know it's wrong, and I'm trying to remember to say <laughs> Montreal. Everybody, I oh, yeah. I made this like video about it, and I was like, I don't see it right. People are like Montreal. I've never. I can't understand what you're saying. Montreal. <laughs> there we go. No, that's all right. I don't take any offense. I'm not Canadian. Wrong. I can't help it. I mean, I'm from no, Chicago. It's... it's close enough, but not really. Yeah, that's right. Uh, just a short flight away. Yeah, uh, so if we're talking about playoffs, then, you know, yeah. what, what they did well is, is that, you know, they were a, a team that found the, the formula of how they needed to play and, and everyone just bought into it, right? Like you see the value of, 
of having, you know, that type of, I guess, you know, one leadership in, in the room and, and just having, um, you know, that, that give a bleep meter, that, that, uh, that care that you, you need um, that sometimes gets thrown around as a, as a cliche, but I just thought that was a, a group that was 100% dialed in. Everybody knew what their role was. And, uh, you know, they had a pretty darn good goalie back there that was bailing them out when, when they needed to. But even so, like for like a decade, it, the narrative is, has been in Montreal, like, well, they'll only go as, as far as, as price takes them. And, and certainly that was true here again, but like, I don't think, um, you know, they got there because price was, was brilliant. Like, I just thought that was one cog into what made up the, the machine that was Montreal from being down 3-1 to Toronto and all the way to three wins shy of, of winning the whole darn thing. So I, I just, you know, it helped when they went through that seven-game run where they didn't trail at any point. So Dom Ducharme could just roll his lines and, and didn't have to be forced to make any real tough decisions in game about making any type of real hard adjustments in terms of who he was getting out there against different people. He just was able to keep things rolling. Um, but, you know, from top on down, like there were a lot of nights that that fourth line really got things going and, and set the the tone for their group the first 10 minutes. And then as, as one of the top guys on the bench, you're sitting there watching what they're doing, going like, all right, guys, like let's follow that up and it's contagious. Right. So all of that was, I think what went into um, you know, their, their run. And there was, you can tell there was an incredible amount of belief with, within them that they could hang with them. You know, they get um, slapped around a little bit in, in game one against Vegas in Vegas, you know, like their first time playing in a full building in, in over a year. And then what do they do? They respond to the next game and took a split back to Montreal and ended up winning the series, right? Like they, they found a way to, to keep calm and, and not panic. So um, that's what I would say that they, they did really, really well. And, and, you know, we'll see uh, how things look come the fall when uh, they've got their, their lineup put together again, you know, with, with Shea Weber's future in, in, you know, sincere doubt um, is it's a tough blow for, for their blue line, for their dressing room, for the organization. Um, But, you know, if there's one silver lining out of it, I mean, you've got, uh, assuming you're able to put his contract on LTIR once the season rolls around, a la what uh, Tampa Bay did with Nikita Kucherov this year, uh, you you know, Mark Bergman has a lot more cap space at, at his disposal. So he made good use of it. Uh, finally, last fall with the amount of players that he he brought in and, and signed to, to contracts with a bit of term to them. And he's, you know, he's got the opportunity to do some more of that here this summer. So, um, you know, whether it's it's through free agency or through trade or, or a little bit of both, there, there is some needs to address. I mean, they did get UL or me assigned earlier today. So that's one hole that, that's taken care of and bringing him back. Um, it doesn't sound like Phil Deneau is, is coming back. So there's a real dependable two-way center uh, guy that is now elsewhere. And, and that's not an easy spot to, to fill either. So there's there's a lot of work for, for Mark Bergevin to do here in Montreal. But um, it's just too bad. Like, you know, watching how things unfolded with the, the draft this past weekend and um, their selection of, of Logan Mayu there at the end of the first round and how just the feeling – in that city and then just over around the team, right? Like we were just talking about how great their run was to the, the Stanley cup final and all that completely went out the door um, in, in making that selection. And then not only that, like it just, how poorly I, I felt that the organization handled the, the explanation of it in, in the aftermath, whether it was that night or, or again, there the next day. So um, it's too bad that, you know, they've, they've brought that upon themselves. And, and unfortunately, once again, is, is just a reminder that, um, this is a business of, of winning 
And, you know, for the most part, uh, regardless of, of what uh, your off-ice issues uh, may be, if you're a player that, um, you know, teams believe can, uh, that you can help win, you know, they, they, they won't hesitate to, to bring you aboard. And we saw that uh, again with uh, their selection this, this past Friday. And so now that's, that's something that, that's uh, something incredibly serious that they've got to uh, make sure is, is handled the, the right way. But um, I didn't like how, how it got the, how the start that it, it got off to in, in the aftermath of, of making that selection. So right now, unfortunately, um, that's, that's kind of the narrative around this team after what was such a, a wonderful, fun, enjoyable run uh, for them and, and everyone following it throughout the spring. Yeah. And I mean, unfortunately players kind of have to come and go and can't always uh, keep the same lineups. I mean, we're seeing that with Tampa obviously now, but um, hopefully they can still keep that fire in their butts and, keep pushing forward. I mean, it was cool to see. I, I think that, uh, but I think there's other teams out there that can definitely get the fire under their butts and, and make the moves that they need to do. And uh, we'll see what happens over the course of the next few weeks and yeah. uh, before the season starts, right? <laughs> yeah, we'll see. And and for Montreal, right? Like I think the big thing is, is to prove that this was not a flash in the pan and in, in their run to right. the, the final, right? Like it's been an issue the last few years about trying to lure free agents to come to that, uh, city for a bevy of reasons, right? The tax situation, playing in the market like Montreal and how difficult uh, it can be scrutiny-wise. Um, you know, if you can show that you're a perennial playoff team, then then maybe you're you're having a bit of a uh, better better opportunity, better chance, better percentage of, of bringing in some, some higher profile names to help you win. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just maybe not uh, Kucherov, right? <laughs> yeah, no, I don't think he'll be coming up anytime soon. So that'll be fun. The first time that uh, Tampa goes into Montreal this season, hopefully uh, with a full house on hand in, in Montreal. Um, yeah, I, I can't wait to hear what the crowd has to say the first time he touches the puck that night. But uh, it's good. I, I loved it. It was great entertainment. I can't wait to see what the players do. That's what I'm interested in seeing. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Like it's, it's all on the table, I think, that first uh, meeting. Yeah, I think some gloves need to be dropped at uh, face off, the opening face off. And my that's what I would do if I was a player. What, that's what you do? Yeah, all right. That's yeah, what I would do. Like, I wouldn't. I think I'd be too scared to do that. But uh, anyway. Oh, no, I would. Fun. We saw it in the playoffs. That was so crazy. The opening, uh, that was what, New York and? Well, New York and Washington. Yeah, that was right the end of the regular that's season. Right. Yeah. Oh, right, right, yeah. right. Yeah, that was like a like... page out of the 70s. Yeah, I was like, more of that, please. <laughs> um, tell us who is your favorite person you've ever interviewed, hockey player-wise, current or, or retired, or do you have like a favorite moment that you've gotten to witness um, in your career? Well, I mean, being on the ice just a few weeks ago down in Tampa, like watching the Stanley Cup being handed out, I mean, that's one that, that you never forget. And, and I've been fortunate to be on the ice like after it's been presented a couple of times and and all of it's you know really special it was unique uh this past year because normally after the cups handed out all the family gets to come out on the ice but because of the restrictions they weren't able to do that so it was just the players and the team staff that were out there um you know i remember being in uh in in boston when st louis won game seven there in in 2019 and and going out on the ice and and you know interviewing the players and they're with their mom and their dad or their their wife or girlfriend or their siblings and stuff and um just talking about everything that goes into 
getting a moment like that, right? I mean, all the sacrifice that's made along the way, it's just, it's really, really cool to just see that on their faces in, in that moment and that all the work that had been put in, you know, was, was worth it. They're a Stanley Cup champion. So stuff like that, uh, I certainly don't lose sight of and, and I'm incredibly fortunate to, to get an up-close personal view of it all. Um, so those ones are, are right up near the, the top. And in terms of, of, of an interview, I, one that keeps sticking out in, in my mind, uh, I did one, a sit down with, with Tyler Sagan a couple of years ago. And this is when I was living in Montreal. So Dallas had played, I think in New Jersey the night before, um, flew into Montreal uh, that night after the game. And then it was rather early the next morning. Uh, we had set up for this interview at their hotel in this conference room that they'd given us. So we got there a little bit early and you know, the crew was already there setting up uh, the shot and everything. And it was like 8.30 we were supposed to, to speak to them and they would have got in, I don't know, maybe 1 a.m. to the hotel. So a tight turnaround for, for Tyler to come down and, and you know, now talk to us and, and uh, to be thoughtful and, and all of that. So um, he comes walking in and, and looks like he had, you know, maybe a couple hours of, of sleep, right? Because I, I would never, you know, I, I couldn't imagine as a player going through a game, traveling, and then trying to wind down right away afterwards. So mm-hmm. who knows how late he was up to uh, up till the night before just trying to get to sleep. So he comes in, he's got like his jacket on, even though we're indoors, he's got his toucan, even though we're indoors and uh, was low energy and I don't blame him in the least. And he kind of sat down and like shoulders slumped and I'm thinking like, oh boy, how's, how the heck's this going to go, right? Like this, this may be headed straight for the, the trash and it never even sees the, the light of day. And so we're sitting there, uh, everything's getting set up, you know, cameras in focus. Okay, we're ready. And so I looked at him, I said, you know, Tyler, you're good to go. And he was kind of like, yeah. And I'm like, oh, my God, like, get me out of here. Uh, anyway, and then, and then we started the interview and he was brilliant. Like it was it was so he was so engaging. Um, his answers were incredibly thoughtful with, you know, tremendous insight. And he just got that degree of honesty. There was no cliches or anything of, of the site there. I, I really enjoy it. It was probably about, you know, 15 minutes. We, we sat there and, and talked and um, I, I, I really liked what he what he had to say. I, it was it was an easy guy to listen to. And then the, the camera shut off and, and he was ready to go. Right. And so <laughs> it was just it was funny, just, you know, the drop of a hat. And, and he was, you know, it came alive, if you will. So it was that was one that I always, you know, come back to just just because I thought it was going one way. And uh, we started and ended up being, uh, you know, a really nice conversation professional at its finest right <laughs> yeah exactly right when the lights come on as he you know as like he does perks his, up and exactly <laughs> he just performs i call it putting on my tv face i can put my tv face yeah. on in 2.2 seconds like go yeah, from yeah. being like completely distracted to like hello yes welcome to the house of hockey podcast i'm <laughs> yeah. like just yes they, he's got that ability that's awesome no, um, sure. there was something that I was saying, Oh, I have one more question and, and then we'll wrap it up with our final three, unless Brizzy has something else, but I was going to say, uh, have you ever been to a Stanley cup party? And two, if you have, can you even tell us about it? Yeah, no, I, I never have, like, I never had like a, a buddy play in the league and win or like a family member. Um, one of my close friends growing up, uh, his cousin is Colin Fraser who won three Stanley Cups as like a role player one with Chicago in in 2010 and then two more with LA in 12 and 14 so I know he's been to to one or two before and so I remember like in high school feeling incredibly jealous because he got to go drink from the cup and and do the whole nine yards that way which was was really really neat for him so I that's that's the closest I've got it's just living vicariously through 
uh, one of my close high school friends. So no, I've never been to one myself. For now, not yet. Yeah. <laughs> but you may, yeah, you we'll probably see. have seen the cut more than he has mm -hmm. in person. Maybe, maybe I may have that over <laughs> him. Yeah. But I've never touched it. Yeah. Never touched yeah. it. Just looked at it. Well, yeah. maybe Sagan will hear this, and if he ever wins a cup, he'll be like, gotta get Kyle to come to the party. He's never been to one. We gotta get him there. Maybe that'll happen. Or somebody else. I, I highly doubt it, but uh, I know I, I know who to thank if that ever does happen. <laughs> there yeah, you he'll, go. He'll be responsible for it. <laughs> Breezy, did you have any more? Should we get him with the fine? Oh, it's four now. I forgot. I don't know, four. I don't know. We haven't done this in a while. I feel I like know. I kind of forgot them. Let's All right. I'll, with them. I'll kick it off. <laughs> <laughs> um, who's your ultimate hockey hunk? We hockey ask every, hunk? yeah, sorry. We ask wow. everybody this men, women, players, broadcasters. Yeah. So this is, everybody has to give us something. Okay. Like of all time? Or? Sure. Yeah. Of all time, current, okay. like the hunkiest guy. Man, um, probably Sid. Mm -hmm. I'll give that to him. Yeah, like he's like I'm, I'm very like yeah. He's he's got massive legs, and I'm very envious <laughs> of him. Like it's just it's unbelievable. <laughs> Does yeah. That's like, one of our him. other questions. Okay. I'm going to skip the second one and go to three. Then, do you have a Sidney Crosby story? Um. Like, as in, if here. you've met him or had any interaction with him? Yeah, I have. Like, just in, in you know, being around uh, long enough now, like, we, we've had different different run-ins, and, and it just amazes me that just how kind and respectful and, and gracious he is to, to talk with, like, me, who, like, I mean, I'm, I'm a nobody, right? Like, there's, there's m much other people in this world that uh, would, would be higher on the uh, on the, the list in terms of uh, those uh, that someone like Sid would, would want to talk to. But um, he, he's been always incredibly good to me, whether it's, you know, interviews for, for our broadcast or um, just sitting down and talking with them for a couple of minutes in the dressing room. It's, it's always been, um, yeah, incredibly in, enjoyable. He, he doesn't give you much, right? Like he knows the, the PR game. He's not going to be one to say anything that, uh, that can get him in any type of hot water or steam in hot water. So he, he knows that way. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I enjoy Enjoyed the conversation with him and because he was a guy that I mean he came into the league when I was um, still fairly young like I remember as a kid right like uh, Sid and Ovi and that whole rivalry you know I, I grew up in in that era right and, and then battling in the playoffs and Sid winning in 09 and um, and then now you know being able to, to cover both of them still in in the league like it's, it's really really special for for me uh, so yeah I, I've had a chance to, to interview him to talk to him a couple of times and um, have always walked away just uh dumbfounded that he took the time to speak with me so uh really really neat well i think one of your next questions for him has to be what's your leg workout routine just saying i know i i don't even know yeah i wonder if you didn't give that up but um yeah it'd be great to like if somebody did like a behind the scenes feature on like a sydney crosby leg day that would be sounds like level. you've got your next pitch for your next meeting right. at work yeah. this yep. is all happening yep. and we're gonna you're gonna need to send us that that video of you and sid working out in the gym together <laughs> yeah i don't know if i'd be working out like I'll, i mean i'll wear shorts like that'll be the closest thing i'll get to like working out but um yeah i i doubt uh yeah i, I just i wouldn't even be able to hold a candle to him in 
that in any makes, regard. And that makes that's what makes great television. I guess Come so. On. I guess, and that's and I yeah right. That's like the the argument that you make for someone will make for the Olympics every year, right? They should just have like an average <laughs> yes. average Joe or Joanne compete in every event just to show the difference between the athletes and the rest of us. Yeah. Oh so, yeah, I'd happily do it. I'd take the bullet for it. Okay, and who, I'll, I'll let Breezy ask the last one after this. So who's your favorite hockey lady? Favorite hockey lady? Mm -hmm. So what's the criteria? Like who all? Uh, anybody in hockey. It can be a player. It can be um, coaching staff. Oh, wow. It can be broadcasters. Wife, girlfriend. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, I'm at, my, my girlfriend doesn't work in, in hockey. or I mean, she's a fan of it, but that's, that's as close. So, I mean, she would be my pick. She's my favorite lady, um, but in terms of hockey lady, that's uh, oh man, that's such a good question that I like. I haven't even thought of like who my favorite is. I would say I, I would say uh, Cassie Campbell Pascal would be my favorite. Uh, I mean, I'm biased because like she's a teammate of mine. Like we both work at at Sportsnet together. Um, but again, like I remember being a kid watching that gold medal game in 2002 in Salt Lake when you know she captained Team Canada and they beat the U.S. Um, in you know rather controversial fashion they had you know the Americans and the officials to to compete against that night and they still found a way to to pull through and so you know having the chance to uh, speak with her about that game um, years later was like wow this is unbelievable uh, who would have thought I would have had the opportunity to do this and I remember like before my first Hockey Night in Canada game I ever worked um, usually what happens like at seven o'clock, you know, Ron McLean will do his opening and then there's just like quick kind of around the horn thing for the reporters that are uh, rinkside hosting the seven o'clock Eastern games. And so some nights, you know, there would be three or four games on at, at seven o'clock that, that we'd all be we'd all be doing. And so this happened to be one of those nights. So I was here in, in Ottawa for a, a Canadian Sens game and she was doing a game in Minnesota. I think Winnipeg was there. And uh, so, like, I remember she put a tweet out earlier in the day, like, you know, good luck to, to Kyle, you know, Kyle doing his first Hockey Night game tonight and was like, make sure you don't take too much of, of my time at seven o'clock kind of thing. So um, I always appreciated her sense of humor for that. And, um, yeah, it's just getting to know her a little bit over the years. Like, I just got such great respect for what she did as a player and now what she's continuing to do uh, behind the scenes and, and, and you know, even at the forefront of, of trying to progress the women's game and, and helping it move forward to a spot where, um, you know, there's one strong league that, that those uh, female athletes that are so incredibly talented that have dedicated their lives to the sport that are, are properly compensated for it. And she's continuing to, to push for, for all of that. And I just, I got all the time in the world for her. Definitely. And then our last question, uh, totally out of left field, non-hockey related. Do you have yeah. a, uh, an extraterrestrial or a paranormal story that you can share with us? Oh, man, I wish, uh, I wish I did. I, w I mean, the only, uh, so my girlfriend, uh, she grew up a couple hours outside of Calgary and in, in Alberta and, um, her grandparents, uh, live in, in, in medicine hat or her, her grandfather does her, her grandma passed away a couple years before I met her. Um, but she would tell me stories of like being at, at, uh, uh, his, her grandfather's house and like, um, you know, grandma come around to play tricks on them. Like whether, um, it was, you know, flicker a light or there was, you know, some, something down the hallway that, um, there was a sound or whatever, uh, different things like that. So that, that's like the closest 
thing that that I I'd come to a paranormal activity is just you know being in that house and kind of hearing some of the stories that that she's experienced <laughs> over the years. Um, but I, I don't have a, a first person one for you, unfortunately. But that's another great question. I wish I had a better answer for you. That's okay. It's <laughs> okay. That's okay. It's out of left field. We kind of hit people out of nowhere with the with our last. And questions. I love it. So. Yeah, bring them on. <laughs> It's a little fun. It plays into both of our um, passions and, and yeah. social mm -hmm. media handles and, and things like that. So uh, yeah. speaking of social media handles, tell everybody where they can follow you on social media. Okay. Uh, Twitter, it's at SN Kyle Bukoskis and at Sportsnet Kyle on Instagram. I don't know why they're different, but they are. And here we are. <laughs> <laughs> the struggle is real trying to get those handles to be the same it's uh it's i know it's the case so because what yeah i know exactly yeah. so i'm Un just underscores and things bed. like yep. that <laughs> i made my bed <laughs> well thank you so much kyle we appreciate it thank you both pleasure being on with you Thanks for coming over to our House of Hockey podcast and hanging out with us. We'll be back next week with a brand new episode. And in the meantime, you can follow us on social media. Just look for House of Hockey podcast. We'll be back next week.